welcome to this week's edition of the Master Instructor Roundtable. I'm Regional Master Instructor Marty Miller, here with my co-host, fellow Regional Master Instructor, Wendy Batts. How's it going today, Wendy? So good, Marty. How are you? Excellent. I'm a little biased to this topic this week. This was one of the ones that I came up with, but mainly because I've been using Indian clubs for a long time, and I truly love them. And it's not something that we talk about in the model, but as we've said before, the NESM OPTT model, once you get to know it, is your toolbox. Then there are certain modalities, such as Indian clubs, that can be tools within that toolbox. So I'm looking forward to today's topic. It was fun to put this together. Yeah, and I use Indian clubs a lot, especially with my athletes. And if you have athletes that especially do a lot of rotation, so rotational athletes such as a baseball player, a tennis player, a golfer, these are phenomenal tools to use because you don't necessarily need to work on the side that they're always swinging from, but in order to reestablish proper mechanics and movement and to better align the body, I think these are phenomenal. And to your point, Marty, we don't talk about them enough. Yeah. And I've used these in the final stages of integration with the corrective exercise. You know, I do a little more of the rehab side of things as an athletic trainer. So I've used them in that you know, they're great tools. And, you know, hopefully when we get through the science, people will have a better understanding of how they can implement with whoever they're working with. Indeed. So let's talk about what we're going to talk about. How about that? <laughs> the favorite line of everyone. So, <laughs> so we have to talk about the, the origin, like where did they come from? What, you know, why do we use them? Why do we now see them in the gym? Because if you just look at this picture, you're thinking it's something like a circus act where they should light them on fire and start juggling them around and it's really not that. So we're going to talk definitely about the purpose, how they fit into the OPT model and where, if at all. And then again, you know, you want to think about what's important to your client. And then we're going to come and talk about, of course, new exercise ideas and things that you can do with the Indian clubs if you're not currently using them. There you go. So where did Indian clubs originate? So there's a lot of different uh, stories behind the history. So I can't say that this is the only thing you'll find if you look it up, but it really was believed to have originated in India by soldiers that they were training as a methodology, improving their strength, agility, balance, and physical ability. They have also been shown to be weapons. I've had a martial arts background and a lot of patterns are similar to other things, but you know, you can see where I got this from. I, I put my reference there, but it was definitely, you know, designed uh, to improve that strength, agility, balance, and physical ability. Because if you look at it, you truly are integrating multiple body parts, transverse plane motion for sure. And when we get into how these clubs are designed, you'll see how much uh, activation of muscles it'll put into your body. So they're phenomenal for a lot of different things. Yes. And if you've never used them, I mean, this is an example of one. Now they have some that are plastic. They have some, you know, that are wood, but they're weighted on the bottom and, and they're really, they're difficult to use. And we're going to talk about that in, in future slides to show you the different weights that are out there, kind of show you some of the different uh, ways that people use them, but, but they're very challenging. And when I first saw them, I'm like, this is a joke, right? This is a weapon. And the more we researched it, we found out truly when we look at the next slide, even that, yeah, they, they basically work. <laughs> right. So, you know, when you look at it here, this was used solely as a weapon. However, by around the 13th century, you can see that there was, you know, information out there that showed that it became a form of exercise, you know, to utilize these clubs for the purpose of cultivating health, strength, 
and then uh, weren't, you know, just solely used for self-defense or warfare. So I like this picture that we found. So a stone figure using exercise equipment similar to Indian clubs in the fifth, seventh century, right? So, you know, we know that the ancient Greeks, you know, founded the Olympics. So exercise has always been important, but it's really cool to kind of see, you know, what's what was old is now new again, right? Always, we got to bring it back to the forefront. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like your clothes, right? You know, you never want to necessarily throw away some clothes, even though you need to Vintage. clean out your closet, because eventually one day they're coming back. I mean, y'all see neon these days. That was the 80s. Now here we are, not in the 80s, and neon is back. <laughs> so Marty, why don't you tell me, you know, when you say old is the new new, um, you know, we see this now in gyms, and you look at this picture, and I love this picture because, I mean, it definitely shows that this is, taken a long time ago but when you're saying the new is new what do you mean by that yeah so you know if you look at um kettlebells they've been around for hundreds of years if you look at some of the you know the things that people used to do as part of exercise some of them have made their way back and if you really think about it some of the older techniques are great at integration total body coordinating type of exercises gymnastics and the rings and things like that you know, where we kind of started to isolate muscles really in the 60s, 70s, 70s, and 80s, where really they never really focused on isolated exercises back then. So integration was always uh, a great part of what they did, and plus a lot of coordination and movement in multiple planes. So maybe they knew something we didn't, right? So you can see this was all the way back in the 1890s that they had uh, an Indian club t swinging team. I didn't get into how they competed, things like that, but you know, I, I found it interesting to see that, you know, at the dawn of the 19th, you know, 19th uh, century, you know, in there that this was an activity in a sport. I, it looks, I mean, like I said, I'd be very interested. Maybe that's what we need to do another master instructor roundtable on is, is what, you know, what kind of clubs did they have and how did they use it as a team sport? So uh, <laughs> again, right. without hurting each other, because you guys, it's, if you have never used them or swung, one of the Indian clubs itself, you need to give yourself a lot of space, a lot of room. You definitely want to make sure that you've got adequate like core stability and movement patterns, because when you start swinging these weighted clubs, uh, you know, if you don't have the right muscles firing at the right time, so really focusing on neuromuscular efficiency, which is what NASM is all about, then, um, you know, you could actually hurt yourself. You know, it's crazy you bring that up. I hadn't thought about this as I prep for this. I'm not as worried about myself. Now I say that I've swung a lot of things in martial arts. I'm more worried about the knucklehead walking past me, right. looks down at their iPhone on Instagram. It's like you, it's not like I'm doing this in a crowded area, but people creep up into you because they're just head down. So to me, that is one of the biggest safety issues is I'm going to be fine. But just like when I pick up a jump rope, right? Like I make sure I'm like, all right, what's, is there a likelihood of someone walking past me, not really understanding what I'm doing? So I think that's part of the safety too, is just make sure someone's not going to accidentally walk right into your club. Always safety first. But then again, you know what, sometimes things happen and you know, you will be responsible. So just so you know, if your client's swinging stuff, you as the trainer need to make sure that uh, they have plenty of space to do that. Or when you're demoing it, that your client is, is, you know, far back. So that way you don't hit them too. Well said. Yep. <laughs> so when we look at the OPT model, you guys know, we talk about stability first, then the strength block, then power. So in a way, can you use these tools in all three phases? The answer is absolutely yes. So we titled this master director Roundtable Indian clubs, 
but there are other types of clubs out there. So you've got the Indian club, you can see typical weight tends to be a little lighter, the range and length best when you know what it's best for. Then you have the club bell, which is heavier. And then you have the mace now that's out. So, you know, if whichever one you choose to use, you should go either take a course or really study it and practice it. All of these clubs are going to do similar things as we talk about, but the longer the lever arm and the farther the weight is away from you, the more challenging it is to control, right? When you look at the fulcrum to where the weight is, as well as you need more space. And, you know, if as the weight goes up, you might be moving out of stabilization into strength or to power. But we wanted to kind of introduce the idea of swinging clubs today. Yes, we're going to talk about the Indy Club a lot, but dig into the other bells that are out there, you know, the club bell and the mace and other clubs, just do your homework and understand that there's going to be a little bit of a difference, but a lot of similarity. Yes. And on the master instructor Roundtable, myself, Wendy Batts is here with my friend and co-host Marty Miller. And we're talking about the Indian clubs and how you can use them. Obviously we talked about where they originated. So gave a little bit of history, but I think it's really important too, Marty, when we talk about the OPT model, you know, we have said, that there's always a side, I shouldn't say always, but usually there's a side that's more dominant in someone than the other. And so when you're starting to integrate these and you can even see in the, in the Indian club slide here, you know, they do use it a lot in rehab, especially with the lighter weights going one to two pounds. But if somebody's coming back from an injury where they have little to no strength and we're really trying to dominate one side, it is, it is very challenging on the cord. Like you said, I mean, if you're holding something out, it is very difficult away from your body because, as you said, there's not a lot of um, things there to help you lift the weight. So it, it's one of those things where you want to make sure when you're putting it into your program that your client does have good stability, that they do, if they're using dumbbells, that they can do one side, you know, like you're, you're pretty much equaling the load on both sides. So when you start to integrate this and now it's off balance, meaning one side's lighter than the other, even before you start swinging it, that the body and the demand that you need in order to do and use these successfully is there. Absolutely. And, you know, these can be accidental assessments too, right? You're going to see, can somebody do it equally on both sides? The other thing too, is that neuromuscular coordination, mm -hmm. you know, I'm always, played, I played a little lacrosse in college. So I had to finally play a sport that made you use your left and right hand equally. But growing up, I was baseball. So I didn't switch hit. And I, I always threw just with one side. So I was very dominant in a movement patterning. Then I got into martial arts, which does help you use the left first, right. But you'll see that there's coordination issues, things like that. So that's where these are phenomenal to try to help, you know, centralize the body and how it communicates on both sides. Because you know, we always want symmetry best as possible. It's not going to be perfect, but we'd like to move towards that. So I think these, and these are to me are phenomenal final part of a progressive warm up as well. Absolutely. So especially in the dynamic side, and, and it's funny that you mentioned that because the, the gym that I work at in Atlanta, um, we see a lot of PGA clients come in and we use these a lot, especially as a dynamic warm up. And it's very interesting because these are pro level athletes. These are people that are doing this for a living. They're scoring exceptionally well. Their assessment might not have been right on point. And so really trying to equal out the other side. But when you talk about coordination, it's so interesting to see them try to swing within the opposite direction because they're not used to doing that. And that's why we say we have the power to really influence and help someone become better at their sport 
because as you really focus on the non-dominant side and you start working on coordination on the non-dominant side, it's only going to carry over to your dominant side to be stronger and the club head speed goes better. You're working on a lot of different joints and motions throughout the body. So you will become more powerful on your dominant side, even if you never swing an Indian club in that direction, just by balancing and finding that symmetry. Yeah, they're phenomenal tools. And, you know, Wendy, you and I did one on yoga and, you know, I'll notice things when I'm doing certain poses, like, okay, I can rotate to this side a little better than to that side. So all the things, these things matter, but it comes back to, they all have a place within the model. They're just different tools within human movement and muscle activation. And, you know, sometimes it's fun just to bring in something new. You know, you, you know, if you've never used any clubs, even if you bring it in for one exercise, you don't have to have a whole routine yet for your client. You can start just with a very basic warm up and just the control of the grip with the with the Indian club out in front of you, just doing internal external rotation. It can be so basic before you get into the big swinging patterns. Mm -hmm. Simple and to complex. I'm telling you, and there's so many benefits. So when you're looking at and if you've never used these, I would strongly suggest going on YouTube. There's a ton of different videos and different exercises and how these can be utilized. And I know, Marty, we're going to go through a few um, with some demos based on pictures, but yeah. you're going to see that with the different movements that you can do. I mean, if you're sitting in a in a kneeling position and you take one of these and you go and make circles around your head, you know what you've got to do. So, yes, it's rotational. We're working in the transverse plane. It's very core demanding. It's very difficult. You're utilizing things, especially in the shoulder. So when we talk about increasing joint mobility, that's there. When you look at the, the the different points here too, again, we're really working on the shoulder shoulder girdle because if you're doing, and it depends on the exercise again, but then we just talked about the importance of the coordination, strengthens the posterior chain and challenges the forearm and shoulders. I mean, just think about all the grip strength, different podcasts and webinars, Marty, you and I have done together about the importance of grip strength. And so this definitely challenges that. It's going to improve the elbow and uh, wrist flexibility as well, because you do have to move in different positions in the wrist. And then that's also going to affect the muscles that are going to help again with the alignment of the hinge joint, which is the elbow. It enhances range of motion. It depends on what you're doing with them and, and how you're swinging them. Or even if you're doing, let's say, a frontal plane lunge and you're taking it and just bringing it forward, you're changing the demand. But then again, thinking what you're doing and the upper body and having to stabilize the core to maintain proper alignment in that type of lunge positioning. Again, efficient movement patterns. So what exercise are you going to do? How are you going to utilize that? making sure that the patterning stays within the five kinetic chain checkpoints. They do have control because even though we're swinging something for some reason, people, when they start swinging and moving in fast paced and directions, they just let their hips go everywhere. Their shoulders go everywhere. Their heads out of alignment. So really maintaining that proper alignment and the five kinetic chain checkpoints is going to be crucial. I love this type of tool because when I really start to integrate more transverse plane movements, this is an easy go-to it's fun. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, you're challenging the body, not just the lower half, but the upper half in the transverse plane. And of course, stabilization and really doing stabilization with endurance based muscles. And more than anything, it's really getting the brain and the body to connect. So utilizing that whole integration pattern from the floor to the head. I think this is a phenomenal tool to do all of that. Yeah. So you have some cognitive in there, that mind body connection. And the other thing too is, you know, depending on the patterning you're doing, it's almost like dynamic stabilization, right? Cause you're 
pausing, you're holding. So you're accelerating, stopping, and then sometimes you're changing direction. So it's just phenomenal. And it really just getting you back to really focus on your quality of movement, where a lot of times people just want to just pick up a heavy weight and they don't care about the quality of the movement or it's, you're not overly focused on it. We're here. You truly have to be focused on the quality of your movement. And it's also good too, if you don't have things to throw around, you know, people always want to throw around the med balls and they always want to do things that are very dynamic and, and power based. Well, this is a good tool, especially in the power phase too, where Mm -hmm. yes, you have to have a lot of stability, but then it's important to have strength and you can see how high these things go up to 45 pounds. So that's a lot of weight to be moving around. And then if you do it with motion, then think about the demand that your body has to have in order to implement, you know, use this implement, especially at that type of weight correctly without injuring yourself or others around you. <laughs> right. we, we can also talk about higher intensity metabolic conditioning. If you can get mm-hmm. the skill of it and then get your movement patterning. And if you do some of the more complex movements, this could be your cardio without a doubt. If you did eight to 10 minutes of true uh, multiple joint rotational Indian club patterning, you will burn calories for sure. For sure. Marty, I'm going to let you take this because when you put these images in here, I just, I kind of had to laugh out loud because again, this is what brought the circus back into my mind because you know, you always see that guy, right? It's this guy. Um, However, some of the videos, when you go, when you start to really look at the Indian clubs, you're going to see this guy uh, doing some of these patterns. Yeah. So think about back in the day, you know, and gymnasts still to this day are some of the most powerful athletes pound for pound. So when you look at Indian clubs, they're a tool that, um, you know, different types of athletes would have used back in the day who are incredibly strong. And this is funny side story, you know, going back to the 1980s, if you're a WWE or WWF fan, you know, the iron Sheik. and there's stories of him. He, you know, where he came from, he was a professional wrestler. I think out of Turkey and every professional wrestler talks about how this guy could use these clubs with weights that nobody else could do even though he wasn't the biggest individual, he just had that inner core strength because he grew up doing these type of um, exercises, right? So benching is great, but if you really can do these integrated exercises with heavier clubs, you are just strong, right? So the individual on the left, he could just be doing a warm up where he's just doing internal external rotation of the shoulder. But I really do encourage you don't just grab these and start to do them. There's something called casting where you have to, as you, Flick the club where your wrist should be in position. So there's a lot of small techniques to it. But if you understand biomechanics, I think you can get through it. But just think about having three pound Indian clubs out in front of you with good posture. And you're just slowly going into supination, pronation. Think about what's going on. Great for tennis and golf and now pickleball sports, right? Getting those forms and the radius and ulna and the wrist to articulate properly and you're accelerating and decelerating and you're getting that range of motion in those muscles that are rarely used in the transverse plane. We do a lot of gripping, but we don't do a lot of range of motion with rotation of the wrist. Then think of how that shoulder has to stabilize, right? The cervical spine stabilizing. So just that simple windshield wiper type of exercise that might say it to a client on the left, is phenomenal. And you don't have to be an expert in Indian clubs to understand that one. Then you've got these multiple patterns, right? This is almost like the airline guy on the tarmac, you know, with the little <laughs> lights, right? But those are plastic and really light. And these are four to eight pounds. So you can see that there's a sequence and then patterning. 
but it's all great rotational work of the shoulder where a lot of times people want to do shoulder exercise and they do overhead presses. They don't have the lat flexibility. They do upright rows and put themselves in a weighted impingement sit, you know, here you're getting all of that shoulder exercise in a very safe biomechanical uh, patterning. You're getting, you know, multiple, uh, you know, higher repetitions. So you're increasing blood flow, increasing the endurance of these postural type of muscles. So I love Indian clubs for a total shoulder workout. I think it's honestly when I'm doing stabilization or stabilization endurance or power, I'd much rather use an Indian club than traditional things in the gym for shoulders. Well, and I agree. And like I said, we, we don't do enough. I think with our forearms, we don't really do enough with our grip strength. We don't, you know, we do the, the typical over, like you said, military presses or overhead presses, whichever way you want to call it, you know, the, how do we change it up? I always hear people say, I get so bored and I need new exercises and I want to challenge my client in different ways. Guys, if you've never used these Indian clubs, I, I do say use with caution because people grab them and the first thing they want to do is, you know, think about it like a golf club or start swinging it around when there are certain ways and certain exercises that you want to start with just to really build good mobility in the major joints that you're going to be using, especially when you start implementing these clubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be nice if we had the videos, but I think you guys get the idea. So don't be afraid to integrate lower body to it, right? So you could hold a static lunge. This could be a walking lunge with the, the Indian club out in front of you. And again, that's a little more challenging than a dumbbell where the weight would be balanced on both sides. So you could add movement to this, right? She could, uh, if we're looking at the person on the left, she could do a walking lunge with rotation then use that Indian club to turn her thoracic spine over that front leg. So she's getting hip internal rotation as well. Kind of what we see here in the second position. You could also hold that position and do press outs from there with the club. Then you see the individual doing the squat with the Indian club out in front. You could stand and do a spin or a twirl or a pattern then come back down and hold an isometric on all these. Lots of different things you can do, but it's another great way to integrate total body, load the lower body without having a lot of need for external load, which is always a risk, right? So muscular coordination. And to me, if I can be more athletic, that's much better than just sitting and doing a leg press. There might be a point in time for leg presses, but if I had to pick, I'd rather be functionally strong in this manner than just sitting on an isolated piece like a leg press. And there's a lot of things too. I mean, you know, these are showing a lot of like the arm positioning, Mm -hmm. you know, more in the sagittal plane, but if they were to take it and then turn it sideways and then do the walking lunge with rotation where you're having to hold that weight out and then rotate again, think about the neural demand that your body has to do in order to maintain that keep it, you know, uh, when I say that it would be parallel with the ground versus being perpendicular. And so therefore that demand and having to hold it, and especially if you do two arms, you can do it single handed. It depends on how heavy the club is, but you're changing it up every single time. I'm a big fan of the neural continuum, trying to do different things, but just changing the weight, because again, on the bottom, it's more, it's weighted, um, more so obviously than the top. And so, you know, you're going to really, uh, challenge your body a lot more. So this is where the creativity comes in. Or even if you were to look at the lady on the, on the left, if she is doing a static hold, like you were saying, add some perturbation, do some different touches. What's going to happen when their arms are out. Think about the shoulders and the demand that time under tension, as well as what's happening to the lower body. So really good ways to integrate total body movement patterning in a very different way by just adding another tool. Like you said, this is just a tool 
but it's something that's different and I think very underutilized. Without a doubt. And let's be honest, it'll be an attention grabber in the facility. People are going to want to learn how to use them. So it gives you that opportunity. So when we look at uh, total body exercises, there's a wide variety in the range of motion we can use. Remember, simple to complex. You don't have to start with a total body, as we've mentioned a couple of times. And when you look at the variability of the weight distribution, right, the farther my arm goes out, there's a constant change in weight distribution that I have to be able to um, counteract and stabilize. So the club helps to improve that internal stabilizing, you know, that forces the muscles to contract, whether it's a deep intrinsic core stabilizers, the rotator cuff. I'm going to have balance as well, because if I'm moving as this individual is dynamically, I have to be able to shift my weight to one side and then shift it back. Right. For some people, maybe seniors, that could be very demanding for some others. It doesn't look like a balance exercise, but it truly is. So it's that neuromuscular coordination. And to me, honestly, it keeps people focused. They're always going to be learning new movement patterns, which is great for the cognitive uh, development as we age, especially. And then there's the metabolic demand. But I also looking back now, if I was 16 again, I'd rather have learned Indian clubs, yoga, and maybe even some Pilates movements before I got in traditional weight training. Without a doubt, I would have, you know, had loved to have that foundation. But, you know, back then it was, what do you bench? Of course. And I think too, remember, most injuries occur when you're decelerating in the transverse plane. And so if you start to add some of these different swings, I think it's important to really focus, not like that they're going to slow down on the deceleration, but once they bring it down, that they stop at a certain level, because oftentimes I know what I've seen, which is a common compensation, is someone will do an exercise like you see in this picture, but as they come down, they let the club go back and they bend their back. And there's a lot of things that happen because their body doesn't know how to, to control that type of power and motion and decelerating it before you go back and just to throw it back up. So again, really focusing on patterning and alignment and really think about what is the purpose of the exercise? What are you trying to get out of it? Because you are going to get a bunch of different muscles moving as you can see, but then also just making sure that you're doing it safely and that your body or your client's body and yourself, if you're doing it can control whatever type of, especially swinging patterns that you're, you're starting to integrate. For sure. That's a great, uh, you know, thing. And I think Indian clubs are something that could really give you a niche in your business. I think it, you're going to enjoy the challenge of it without a doubt. I think it's going to be something that you find huge, huge opportunities in. So to me, we just wanted to introduce that and encourage you to investigate it and have fun with it. Yeah, they are super fun. <laughs> but if you have any questions, you can always um, email me on this topic. I would strongly suggest you email Marty. However, you can always find me at wendy.bats at nasm.org, or you can find me on Instagram at wendy.bats13. And my information is coming up right here, dr.martymiller72, and then email marty.miller at nasm.org. And if you guys like this topic, please throw some questions our way. We're always willing to come back and do, uh, you know, another session a little deeper on any of the topics we talk about. So, Wendy, thank you so much for, uh, you know, letting us throw this out there today. And I think we both had fun with it. I'll speak for, you know, for you here. And for all of you that joined us on today's Master Instructor Roundtable, we look forward to seeing you again next week on the Master Instructor Roundtable. Mm -hmm.